everyone. Welcome to Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. My name is Andy Richardson. It still is. It has been for a very long time. <laughs> and sitting next to me is the dangerous Tommy Danqua. Boom, there we go. The dangerous Tommy Danqua. Two weeks into my training now for fight camp and uh, I've never been more lean, mean. I'm not green, but... <laughs> And how's it going? Is it? Is it? Are you? Are you? Are you feeling good? Do you know what? I'm actually feeling amazing. I'm feeling amazing. It's brutal. They don't hold back. Um, I actually almost puked up yesterday, like doing circuits and stuff, like trying to get fitter. My conditioning. It. It's. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it for the faint of heart, but. Yeah, I feel alive again. You know, I was. I've not exercised for years. I haven't exercised. I've not looked after myself properly. So this is absolutely yeah the man boobs are going are they are they They're still there but i'm an a cup now i'm an a cup the bra size is going down i think my wife i don't know if she's happy or she's not being challenged anymore you know because she <laughs> she quite liked your cleavage didn't, didn't she <laughs> she did my my round womanly shape <laughs> oh that's great news that's, yeah, that's... that's feeling good though feeling good man thank you that's really good yeah and um <clears throat> and well, we, we 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 normally we do this podcast from LCCM, the London College of Creative Media. But today well we've gone on location to Tommy's house. Welcome to Mikasa. Yeah. So we've never done one from your house before. So yeah, that's uh, in, in sunny Watford, home advantage, Tommy. There yeah. we go. So there we go. So I've had we've we're, I'm feeling I'm personally because you haven't asked me me how I'm feeling. Well, I, I was going to get to that, but okay. yeah, I thought we were going to talk about my house first. Okay. We? Well, that's lovely. It's so, beautiful. It's yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. You get a lot get a lot, a lot of space in in Watford compared to what I get in in London. You and, know, in my and, little pokey place. And so. you've had first hand experience of um a day in the life of the dead end dads, haven't you? Like seeing the kids getting ready for football and you know harassing you and asking you lots of random questions that only a five six-year-old and a three-year-old can ask they're great boys they're great they're, they're, they're great lads they they, are, they, I, I quite like them i'm gonna keep them so um so this week uh we've uh so we've had um some some guests oh sorry sorry i've got the finger from tommy not that finger not the middle finger the pointy finger yep you're gone how are you andy oh did i not you didn't get your turn i didn't ask you how are you how oh, have I'm, you been well i was gonna say you I, look well yeah, well, I'm, I'm, that's because I've, I've benefited from the um, the Danqua family hospitality. I've had uh, I've had some lovely dip dips and raw juice and everything. Yeah, you live a very sort of healthy, sort of zen life. I can tell it's good. I can see where this, uh, you know, this new man has come from. Really, the, from right, it all starts from home, and uh, I can see you've got a nice, you've got a good base. There we go. All starts at home, right? Happy home, happy life. Happy. And, Oh, is, no, is that like saying? That doesn't even make sense. Happy home, happy life. <laughs> I'm happy, but this is not about me. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. You've already asked me that three times. I'm bloody fine. I'm fine. Anyway, so so a, a, a very a, a very overused phrase uh, I found in the last um, few months is people talking about the the elephant in the room. You know, um, we don't have an elephant in the room. But we do have a third person. We do. We do have a third person. So, so, uh, so we've had like a, a an international guest. Um, we've had uh, we've had a celebrity singer, mm. but we now we're very lucky to have another celebrity with us to talk about his journey through uh, through mental health, don't we? It's yeah, exciting time. So, um, well, what can I say, really? 
Well, yeah. you can you can introduce him. So, because 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 uh, the contacts through you, you, okay. you you're 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 a fr you're a friend of his, aren't you? Oh. We're just looking at him here. He's 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 waiting to talk. No, you can't talk yet. Yeah, until we've seen him, you can't you can't talk. <laughs> um, right. So listen, um, this is yeah, this is a, a really good friend of mine, and um, over the last decade. We've been through a lot and we've been there for each other um, through ups and downs. Um, I'm so, so proud of what he's done, what he's achieved, where he's come from. And just really grateful that you've given your time away from your award-winning restaurant to come down to the sunny side of Watford to have a chat with us. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, your master chef, the professionals, runner-up. Twice. Yeah. Oh, twice, yeah, twice. Yeah. I'm in. I'm here. Double time loser. Always, always the bridesmaid. That's why I'm always the bridesmaid. <laughs> and an elephant, apparently. And an elephant. An award-winning chef, <laughs> restaurant elephant. He's amazing. But ladies and gentlemen, Matt Healy, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> nice. I was listening to someone on the way down, and they're uh, brilliant. Honestly, you should both be very proud of this podcast because it's class. Thank you very much. It's all right. We, I, I think we are proud of it, aren't we? It is. It is. It's all going to go downhill. To, from from today, though. I've got a funny feeling that this one's going to be a little bit. Uh, it's going to be, there, yeah. I think... how, how bad can it go? We're just cooking, a, talking, cook, cooking, <laughs> talking about cooking tea. That's all we're doing. It's tea and mental health. That's it. Tea and mental health. Let's do it. So 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 Matt. Um. So let's um. So describe your background. Um. And sort of, you know, what made you the man you are today? So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourselves for people that don't know you. Well, I'm a chef by trade. Um, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember, since I was 15. And my first job um, was washing up at a restaurant in, in the village that I grew up in because my parents didn't have any money and I wanted money to do things. Um, so I started washing up and then I found a bit of love for it. And it also got me away from <clears throat> difficult times at home. You know, um, I wasn't um, very academic at school. I was a bit of a class clown, and that 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 probably came out when dyslexia wasn't sort of diagnosed back then. When you know, I was at school 20, 20 years ago, um, so I I sort of used the kitchen as a bit of an escape, really, um, and and put any issues that I had to the back of my mind because I was having fun. I was working the kitchen. I was surrounded in this very male orientated environment quite an angry environment as well especially you know going back 20 years you can't get away with some of the stuff now that they used to do then um worked my way through the ranks um in in the, in certain kitchens in and around leeds manchester um and then i went to work at a little restaurant called el gato negro in a little village worked for a very very influential man who's still like i consider to be my mentor in the industry called simon uh, simon shaw um and off the back of doing three years with him, being very successful, I moved to London, which is where I met the stupendous, I think you used before on one of your podcasts, uh, Tommy Danqua. I'm dangerous, by the way. Or Kizzy just... Black, as he was known then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, we're talking about you, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I got a really good job at a fabulous restaurant in London. Um, but that came at a price. Um, I was surrounded by... Lots of friends, Tommy and and Aidy and all that group welcomed me into their group, um, and it did not feel out of place when I was with them. But I was seldom with them because I was working ninety plus hours a week, wasn't I? Um, I missed out on stuff, and although I was surrounded by these incredible people that I didn't really know that well, got to know eventually, I was so lonely. It's such a a hard 
industry to be in, but also London as a whole. And, and it's hard when you don't really know anybody that works those hours that you work. It's it's difficult. And when you're just working and sleeping and working and sleeping, it's real hard. And then um, my father got diagnosed with terminal cancer, which was a, a fucking kick in the bollocks, um, really hard to take. And I was to and fro for a long time about whether to go back up north or not. Um, and I, it also coincided me with me, me meeting a girl. Um, so I moved back up north. Um, and I was like, there's got to be a better way to earn money. Instead of getting my ass fucking kicked in a kitchen 18 hours a day, there's got to be a better way for me to utilize the skills that I've learned over the last 15 years. And it turns out there was. And I, and I sort of moved across to a different side of the industry where I was uh, selling commercial kitchen equipment and kitchen design which was cool. I thought I'd hit the fucking jackpot because I was working Monday to Friday, nine to five. In reality, it was 10 till two because I was going to the pub. Um, and it was it was great. I had time to burn. I, was, I wasn't doing, I, wasn't, I felt I was moving forward, but I wasn't. I was just stuck. I was stuck. Um, and then my father passed away, which I, um, I, f- I f- didn't really deal with it at the time um, because... I have a younger brother. He's not a younger brother. He's 33 years old, but he felt like a younger brother. I felt like, right, I've got to protect him now. Dad's not here. We're not on great terms with mum. We weren't at the time. So I have to protect my little brother. I felt I regressed a little bit and I felt like a child. Um, and my aunties and uncles and I felt, right, okay, well, my dad's died. He was the oldest in his family. So I'm I'm stepping up now. And I didn't realize how hard that had hit me until I started to hit the bottle like real hard really hard and I couldn't I got lost in this cycle and I'd just lie to people about where I was I'd make appointments up in my diary at work and I'd just be getting smashed somewhere like getting myself into an absolute world of pain um so drinking I'd wait till my girlfriend would go to bed and then I'd just chin a bottle of Jack Daniels just on my own amongst other things um and it was a real you don't recognize it when you're in it and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times we're doing this podcast and meeting people that have suffered like this you don't think there's anything wrong. But on the on the surface, when I'm out and I'm working, I'm hi, I'm Matt, I'm smiley Matt, and my friends know me as Trigger, and I'm just this guy that's just, it's fun to be around. Let's get him out for a beer and life in the soul and being the class clown and acting acting the goat and being a bit of a dickhead. But I was fucking dying inside. It was, it was killing me, and I didn't tell anybody. So it got to the point where I, I had to seek help. So I went to see a counsellor, and that really, really helped. Um... And, and, and it kind of brought me out of it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about the experiences. I think about my dad and 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 where that left me and and maybe dredging up other things from the past which I'd not addressed. Even to this day, there's probably still things that that still come back and haunt me that I haven't. I felt like I have. I feel like I haven't addressed. Um, but I've seen and speaking to some to, to a professional about it because your mates, you can speak to your mates, and I spoke to Tommy a n- number of times on the verge of tears not knowing what to do especially sort of moving later on down the timeline um so then uh i got married um as you do in life turns out that was a fucking mistake <laughs> but it is what it is it was an experience it was an experience yeah sorry we don't we, we don't just thing as failure learn. only feedback there we go <laughs> um and uh and, and so the journey continued so i was working at this this job where i thought i'd hit the jackpot and it kind of leveled out a little bit i was actually putting my all into work and I actually got really good at it i was like top sales guy for the company um smashing targets um getting big fat bonuses and 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 then um i was a couple of bottles of wine in on a friday night and i seen master chef amateurs on 
And um, I was criticising, I can't remember, I was criticising somebody had not seasoned something right or cut something right. Um, I was like, it's fucking shit. She shouldn't be on TV. And my wife at the time said, well, go on then. You think you can do it, you do it. So I was like, right, I, I will. So I applied through one eye on my phone and uh, got accepted. And then the, then the journey continues with me going on to MasterChef and, and being really quite successful off the back of it. And what a journey it's been. Like, I mean, we will touch on the late successes, but um want to bring it back now down to um obviously when I first met you, we were in London younger than we are now, having a good time. But you mentioned before you're working a lot of hours. Yeah. And there were times when you weren't right, you know. Yeah. And I just put it down to you being tired and maybe just working too hard. But that's when for you your struggles with, or well, maybe resurfaced because you said this stuff before that even, but your struggles with depression, that's when they started surfacing then. That's when they first, put, I guess, unbeknownst to me, became evident that I was seeing that side of you. It's when you, when you, I think when you spend time, when you either forced to spend time on your own or you spend time on your own, then your mind runs, doesn't it? You, you, I felt like there was noise all the time. It was silent, but all I could hear was noise and, mm. and stuff going on. And yeah, stuff from my past, like, you know, my, my mum, told my mum came out as gay when I was 11. And I was new and it never bothered me. And it, it didn't bother me. It bothered me what other people thought about it. Cause this is like, I was 11, so that's 20 years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a, that's a, that's a long time ago. Uh, that's, a, that's 25 years ago actually. <laughs> and, and you know, back then it, it wasn't as accepted as it is now. It shouldn't be a fucking issue yeah. who you go to bed with. Do you know what I mean? But it was, she had two kids and she was married. My dad was from a Catholic family and it was super frowned upon. So I really gave a fuck about what other people thought. And I bottled that up. And that's why I'd get in trouble at school for scrapping, defending my mum's name and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. why is life this hard? Why do why do my mates, why are my mates now not my mates? Because my mum's gay. Like, what the fuck has it got to do with them? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, throughout it all, I never told my mum that it bothered me. I never, I never let her know that it bothered me because I felt again like I had to be strong for her. You know, she didn't have any anybody around her in that immediate circle that could be there to support her. And as an 11, 12, 13-year-old boy, I don't fucking defend my mum. You know what I mean? For not even being what she is. She's a person. She's a mother of two yeah. children. Doesn't And now, and the older I've got, the less I give a fuck about what people think about me. It's nobody's business. It's not, sorry, it's none of my business what people think of me. I love that. I love that. That's a good, that's, that's a, that's a good quote. Um, sorry. I'm getting a little bit of a hum. Can we... Um, right, I'll cut this bit out, obviously. Well, lead's good. My lead's good. Is that good? That's better, isn't it? Yeah. Could you hear that sort of hum I in the background? A bit, yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry. Right, where were we? Yeah. So, so when did you first sort of think to yourself, you know... Because you were drinking, so were you drinking before you sort of thought, right, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed here, or, or did you think, right, I'm depressed, so I want to drink? I mean, I've, you know, I, I, tell us about that period in your life. I think the lines are a bit blurred because I had all this free time because I was working. I'd gone from working ninety hours a week to working thirty-seven and a half hours a week, and like I said, I thought I'd hit the jackpot. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm hardly ever at work. What do I do when I'm not at work? Get on it. Yeah. And and and, and I, I didn't see it as being a problem at the start. And then the more I did it, and the 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 older you get, the harder the hangovers are to swallow, yeah. aren't they? 
Um, Tell me about it. Yeah. And you know, you, you you wake up on a Tuesday morning because you've gone at it on a Monday night on your own because your missus is in bed and you don't want to let on. Well, I'll be up in a minute. I know she'll be asleep in twenty minutes, so I can get tucked into that bottle of rum. Um, so I don't think I drank because. I thought I was depressed. I just drank because I had the free time. And like I said, the noise in my mind yeah. was, was became overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I, I really recognize that. Cause, cause I think um, like what I always say with, with, with anxiety is that I like to fill my time up, you know, as much as I can. So I don't have to think about myself and I don't, I don't have to sort of listen to those voices and start analyzing myself. And so do you think that those, that that period where you were doing 90 hours a week i mean you were obviously were it was affecting you like the stress but you just didn't even you didn't have time to think about the, I, the, I did not have time i was i was getting in at 1 a.m and where i lived out in east london is that where i lived yeah, yeah out, there was no tube so i was the night bus so i'd get home exhausted getting to bed at one i'd be up at six so i'd, I'd, I'd jump in the shower get home sleep wake up right i've got to be at work for seven so i had to get back down to by trafalgar square mm. for 7 a.m so I was having four and a half hours, five hours kip a night mm. and then just getting out. But I, like you say, my time was filled. And if I wasn't in the shit trying to get all my prep done for lunch, I was doing the orders. I was speaking to managing the kitchen because I, I went through the ranks quite quickly at um, that kitchen and I did quite well. But again, that came at a cost because yeah. I was exhausted. I was, I was physically and mentally exhausted. So when the op opportunity came up to work a fraction of those hours for the same money, it was like I tripled my salary mm. with time. Do you know what I mean? That's it. But but looking back, that that period of self reflection that the, the, that you were that you suddenly got in the long run that that when you look back, it, it, that sort of helped you in in a way, didn't it? Although you did you did hit the bottle and you became depressed, but at least whatever was inside you bubbled out, and at least it, you got to see the full the full. Um, amount of sort of stuff that was going on in you do you know do you know what i mean yeah i think you've, you've got to wait right bottom haven't you to be able to build and when it got to that point i was like right okay you can't keep feeling like this you've, you've got to do something and i was just like right well, what can i do immediately to affect this right we could stop getting tanked on a monday and tuesday to reduce the drinking to just weekends and special occasions and i did that for a long time um Right, I'm going to throw myself into work. I'm not going to be the guy that's just getting by at work, just hitting his sales targets. I'm going to smash it so people look at me and go, what the fuck has he had? Who's put a fiver in him? Do you know what I mean? And that's what I want to be. And I became that guy. But then, it, it, like you say, it allowed me to address it. <clears throat> when I was doing all that drinking and, and, and on my own on the Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays or whatever, I was grieving as well. I was, I was giving myself time away from everybody else to be able to grieve, to look at the pictures, to sit and sob. And that was quite cathartic to be able to do that because the more I did that, the less I drank and the better I started to feel. So I kind of took that dip and then started, started to rise, mm. I guess. Peaks and valleys. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, obviously, while you were going through all of this, I know you went through some real hard times. Um, you mentioned your marriage. We'll, we'll touch on that as well. Um. All through this, you had somebody in your corner, didn't you, to sort of really help you out, and that was your uncle. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about how he helped you. So Martin, um, dad's brother, absolute darling of a man. Um, he uh, he cut his teeth. He was a, a radio executive. Do you remember Galaxy Radio? He was the he was the yeah. manager director for Galaxy, 
uh, and like a keynote speaker for all these massive companies and all that. And and he uh, became an NLP practitioner when he um, stopped with radio. I didn't know what to do. So I spoke to him a couple of times and I used to go see him and he just used to talk me through what was going on and, and rationalize my thoughts. I spoke to him a lot on the phone. I went to see him a couple of times. We did some therapy stuff with him and that was such a big help, such a big help. But also, you know, I did have people in my corner. I had people like you, Tommy, and I had Aid and I had Sean and I everybody. I'm a bit of an open book, as Tommy will probably tell you. Like, if there's something wrong now, especially, I'll just be like, right, I've got this problem. Who can I call? And I'll sit in my car and I'll, and I'll ring somebody and we'll, and we'll talk it through. And, that, and I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have such a squad around me um, now more so than ever to keep me on that track. Yeah. And what about the the sort of. Um... That's that's now uh, about you know back back when you, when you were doing like the sales job. Um, well, I was going to ask you more about the sort of sort of chefing industry and the, and the, that that sort of industry. Is it some is it somewhere where you can take time and open up to your colleagues and and does it help people? Because my 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 cliched idea of the chef thing is is like the the top chef going you know, fucking get back to work and all that sort of stuff. Is that what it's like? So, oh, go, go on. Well, before you answer that, because it's funny you mentioned that, because I was going to come on to this, come on to this, I was going to get onto this question afterwards. Um, or, you know how I like a fact. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here well, we go. <laughs> okay, well, don't. Have you don't, memorized this one? I you? haven't. But listen, this is something I heard by speaking to somebody who is ex-forces and a chef. Now, two of the, mo two of the um, professions with the highest rate of, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Yep. Uh the forces. Yeah. And chefs, funny enough. There you it's go. It's such a not so much now. Uh like in my early days when I worked in kitchens, I used to get bullied <clears throat> or what I thought was bullying. And it actually was. Um I get on the I wouldn't show any emotion in the kitchen. You can't fucking men who fucking shout at each other and burn each other with pans because it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Humiliate, pull your pants down, rip your boxer shorts over your head. Yeah. Um, it was a very humiliating environment. And if you weren't with them doing it to people, you were getting it done to you. It was fucking horrible. Sounds like prison. Yeah. I was it prison. I can't <laughs> um, and I, and I, and I said, and I, and I honestly said this, and, and I said this to my mum. I was like, she's like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to tell that, I'm not going to say his name, but what for? Um, and I was like, no, just let it go, let it go. And I was like, I made a vow to myself that I'll never make anybody feel like that. I'll never crush anybody that wants to learn to within an inch of them walking out and throwing yeah. that fucking the industry off. It must happen so much. Maybe not so much now because there's regulations in place. Do you know what I mean? There's still no, um, what's it called? What's the th union for indicating industry? Is there not? No, I think so. That's really weird. I mean... I mean, surely ninety hours a week is illegal. That's all those sort of hours. Sign the opt well, I don't know. If, don't know if that's the thing you sign the opt out form. Don't used to be forty eight hours. You sign that. You're, you're opting out of your your um, legal requirement or whatever. It's yeah. it's fucking bullshit. But there is a plus side. Surely there is. There is. I mean, it's a very very creative industry. You get instant gratification. We're sending the food out, and if people like it, they tell you straight away, and it's nice. It's really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I said I'd never make anybody feel like that. And I, I, everybody that works in my kitchen, I do everything for everybody in that kitchen. So I'm pulling the 70 hours a week because it's my baby. I make sure they don't work any more than 45. And if they do, they get paid for it because I don't want them burning out because they're no fucking good to anybody. 
They're no. not good at home. They're not good at work. Doesn't serve anybody to get hammered 18 hours a day by some prick because <laughs> that's what they are. So you can you can use your profanities on this podcast. You're okay. Well, he's been he's been swearing like a trooper. So, <laughs> I do swear so a lot. It's fine. Well, I've spent the last twenty years in a hot room with angry men shaking yeah. pans. Yeah. pans. So I <laughs> so he said a lot worse than prick. <laughs> I, I just saw you. I just saw you like, holding back. I was like, come on, mate, you can say it. You can say it. Yeah. No, he hasn't held back. There. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at me with that. I'm back just surprised everyone understands what he says because he's from up north do you know what i mean i'm like what what does he what's, well, he, what's he been chatting well, about well, can you do subtitles with podcasts <laughs> <There you go. laughs> he certainly can't do a yorkshire accent i'll give him yes that. i can oh, all right hang on <clears throat> yorkshire <laughs> all right Leon, you up me my name's matt Ely. <laughs> that is bad celebrity bad. chef it's from, from what tubs like alan, from... alan shearer <laughs> You got in Newcastle, mate. <laughs> I can't do it, but I never, I never said I could. Anyway, ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, we digress. We digress. Right, where were we? So, 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 is it? So, it's better now. Then the the industry you're saying is it, yeah. it's a lot better now. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, um, it, it's. I think it's since it's been since it's been televised. It wasn't cool to be a chef. When I said I wanted to be a chef, I kind of fell into it, but I loved it. I felt at home in the kitchen. And my old man said to me, you'll never have any money and you'll never have any friends. You'll never have any time. And he was right. I've still got no money and no friends and no time. But I love what I do um, even more so. And I think when it's been dramatized on television with the likes of Gordon Ramsay coming out and screaming and shouting and Marco Pierre White screaming and shouting, it's not acceptable to treat people like that anymore. And I think that's when people really start to look at the industry. Yeah. I think people still see hospitality workers as second class citizens. I think, yeah. um, you, especially people that work on the floor and stuff. Yeah. So it, it just gets snooty customers, um, but it's it's an industry that I'm proud to be part of now, and I'm 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 proud to be hopefully spearheading it and 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 turning it in a different direction, especially in the north. Yeah, well, tell us tell us about the the sort of um, the, the the years you know that you really you really turned yourself around. Then tell tell us about where, where where you're up to now. Really, yeah, tell us a bit about. Well, in the last year, um, I have achieved a lot of um i bought a restaurant met some lovely people uh well my friends actually a couple of my friends will i go back sorry off the back of MasterChef, i went to work for a media company that was based in st albans and nobody can prepare you when you come out of these reality shows because master chef is a reality show it is however you look at it and dress it up it's a reality show talent show um and you've i didn't realize how vulnerable i was so somebody was like, we'll pay you all this money if you come and do all the videos. So I would, someone paid me a load of dollar to go and make YouTube videos. I was like, again, I've hit the fucking jackpot here, mate. This is class. Yeah. I'm in London four days a week, get to hang out with Tommy, get to go see my pals down here, eat in nice restaurants, stay in hotels. It's brilliant. And then all the while I was I was neglecting the other, heart, other part of my life, which was going to shit, but I knew it was going to shit. But I just stopped thinking about it because I was away and I was working, I was having fun. I was busy, busy I was, yourself. I was, I was on MasterChef. You know what I mean? I can do these videos. It's class story. The other thing will take over. And I don't want to give the next part too much airtime because although it's, it has been quite a big part of my life, it's, it's, it's digressed that my relationship with my ex-wife was rotting from the inside out and I didn't know. So I was fighting a losing battle. Um, and I, again, I struggled. I dipped just before we opened the restaurant. I dipped. I spoke to you quite a lot on the phone. And, and that's... I know, I thought because I was when you when I look at marriage and I was like when you marry someone you commit for the rest of your life, 
and you do whatever it fucking takes to make that work. Do you know what I mean? So it was trying and trying and trying and it was getting battered away and battered away and battered away. And then we split up and I was I was in bits, man. I was, and that's, again, I, I went back to the dark place and I, and I spoke to you about this. I was seriously considering taking my own life because I thought I was so caught up in, again, what other people think. My life's gone to shit. What they're going to think? I've just been on the irony of I've just been on TV and I've had this wonderful journey and my personal life's going to shit. Um, and I found that really difficult. And then as soon as I found out what had been going on, I was like, well, I was never going to win that battle. It's not me. It's not me. I'm actually a nice bloke. And that was when, even more so when I came out of the depression before, somebody switched the light on in my mind. And I was like, I fucking got this. I am a successful human being. I'm a nice person. I've got a wonderful group around me. Let's have it. And that's what I did. I went and got it. I went and I worked bloody hard for it. Um, and I didn't realize that the journey started when I was 15. This goes back to my Uncle Martin, who's in NLP. And I was like, this is all going really fast with MasterChef and the restaurant. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, it's all going really fast. He's like, the journey started 20 years ago when you started washing up. That's when it started. And I was like, holy shit, I never thought about that. I never thought about starting at the bottom and washing the pots and watching the integral parts of that kitchen turn. I didn't know that I was photographing that in my mind because I still remember things now. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy Italian chefs chucking pans at each other and, <laughs> and, the, and the camaraderie. And that's the beautiful part of that industry is it's a band of brothers, like you say, like the services. When you, when you, and I still get nervous now when I do a, a, rest, a busy restaurant service because I'm like, what will people think? Will they like it? Oh my God, what if they don't like What if we go down? What if we run out of beef? What if fucking, and then I'm like, what will be, will be, man. Do you know what I mean? You've got here, just get up, dress up and turn up and be ready. And I am now, and, and I'm in such a good place now. Like the the restaurant's absolutely booming, nine months, uh, award-winning. Award-winning? Yeah. Just a few of them. Were you a best newcomer? Best newcomer best at the Yorkshire Sunday Life lunch. Awards. The best Sunday lunch in the UK. We won, wow. which was mental. We had to adjust the opening hours. And we're a little 40-seat restaurant in a little village in Leeds called Holbeck. Holbeck used to be a bit of a no-go zone. I've got a fact for you, Tommy. Okay, I like the facts. Go on, give it it's to us. the only legalized prostitution area in the UK. No. <laughs> I love the way you directed that to him. I'm glad no, he loves a fact. Because he loves a hooker. <laughs> My wife's going to be listening to this. <laughs> Why has Matthew said that about you? Why did he direct that to you? Just because fact fans. But yeah, that is the, it's, they did a documentary on it, I think. And that's a funny word. Sorry to digress. Was, I met, I'm, again, uh, my, I, I'm in a wonderful relationship now. With a, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with this girl that I met outside the restaurant oh, right. one Friday afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, because no, they, they did a documentary you on the area. It. You and the legalized it. prostitution. Said, no, 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 no. Go with it. We'll yeah. get there. So there was a BBC Three documentary about this area oh. of legalized prostitution. Was your in girlfriend Leeds. done it? No. <laughs> okay, just checking. Easy, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry, when, when I met her, this wonderful girl, the absolute shining light in my life, Holly. She's a mental health nurse, which is brilliant. Excellent. Keeps me on the straight and narrow. Um, she's beautiful inside and out. And what endeared me to is when I met. I was kind of like Matt Healy from uh, Master Chef The Professionals, 2016. Nice to meet you. And she's like, who? Oh, the the Scottish guy won that one. All right, I remember him. Shame. And, and I remember, what's the other girl? Ellie. I remember Ellie. I was like, the only other person in that final was me, and I'm a giant. 
And she said she didn't remember me, which I loved. So we're driving to the restaurant when I first bought it. And uh, I can't remember the girl's name. And we drove past. She got starstruck by this hooker. She was like, my God, it's Sammy Joe. I was like, excuse me, what? She's like, I've seen the documentary. I've seen the documentary. I was like, so you remember the hooker from a BBC <laughs> Three documentary that was on four years ago? Oh, oh she sounds like she keeps you grounded. She I sounds love she does. She I does keep her. me grounded. We love she, you, Holly. She never lets me get too big headed about anything. She's an northerner as well, and she just pulls me back to earth. And that's what I love about her, amongst other things. Um, she's just honest with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the listeners uh, will be fascinated to uh, to hear a little bit about the the master chef sort of process how you're prepped and stuff you know and especially someone who's had sort of mental health issues i mean how do they look after you and 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 what is it like that extreme i mean because uh, i've seen a clip of you in front of like 30 top chefs and you were cooking for them and stuff like that i mean how did you cope with that i mean is how, how what was that all like your yeah, anxiety levels go through the roof like like through the roof but there's the 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 people that are on set everybody from from david the executive producer of the show right the way down to the runners uh and 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 people there to speak to at any point um even when you get bad criticism for a dish that you put up because you see what it's like it's like walking the gauntlet isn't it yeah. you bring your dish up and you put it there and they eat it silently and then they look at you and some people get ripped to pieces and it's difficult it is difficult to watch that because <clears throat> as, a, as a professional in your trade whether you're Gordon Ramsay or your Joe that works at the Nags Ed doing burgers and chips, you think you're good at what you do. There's no point in doing it if you, you know what I mean? Mm. It's difficult. But everybody around that, surrounding that process was so supportive about good comments, bad comments, everything. But then when you go to the next level, yeah, when, when I went to that um, Lombard Street restaurant to cook for those people, there were my culinary heroes in there. There was more Michelin stars in the room than there were people. Wow. Yeah. And I got fantastic feedback. And that's something that I'll take to the grave with me. That that was just stood in front of my hit food heroes and them saying, you're all right, you kid. Yeah. It was class. Um, but the, the process as a whole is it's very, very odd because I'm a fan of the show and you're watching like, oh, I can't wait for the skills test. I wonder what they give them. It should be, you know, and you walk as if he doesn't know that. I walked in and it's, the, it's, it's like flipped 180 because you're used to watching it on the TV. So you see Marcus and Monica and Greg and the... the little rabbit walking with his eyes wide open. and But you see it completely from the other side. There's about four, five cameras, loads of people. And it's so nerve wracking. It's so nerve wracking. Um, but you've just, you have to just put those nerves to one side. I don't even, I, still to this day, I don't know how I did that. Mm. I honestly found something within me that was just like, right, you have, you have one shot at this. You have to walk in that door and own that room. You, you run on adrenaline, don't you? you yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, can yeah. I just say something? For me personally, I think, you know, we've spoken about this and you said your uncle has touched on this, that um, it was your time. Your journey started 15, sorry, 25 years. How, I don't know how old you are. 20. A long time ago. Um, <clears throat> but it was your time. And with the, with the journey that you'd been on, with the ups, the downs, um, and I think as well, if you don't mind me saying, the relationship had been sketchy before yeah and it was times that we spoke on the phone and like you were near tears or in tears and it was like something had to give and you'd given so much and also what we've not mentioned is and this is something when i say i'm proud of you the work you've done on yourself to get yourself out of the funk to get yourself out of that depression and those suicidal thoughts you know at, at one time uh my worst 
we were staying with a mutual friend. We mentioned him, AD. Yeah. And um, you'd come down a few nights a week to work and I'd be staying at AD's house. I wasn't at home. And every morning I'd be getting up and doing the miracle morning. He'd be waking up early. You'd be, he'd have a podcast on like, you know, motivational stuff or, you know, like a Tony Robbins or something or Gary V. And he'd be listening to something and I'd hear him in the shower listening to it while I was trying to meditate. And it was just like these two dudes just like, what the fuck is going on here? Two years ago, we were getting to bed at that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is we knew that something had to give. Yeah. And no matter what, like something in you kept fighting and something in you kept pushing because, you know, it's like you, you saw it was going to happen. And I remember having this conversation, something good is going to happen for you. And here we are two, three years later, or well, sorry, a year later now. And what well, it's, it's here, it's happening, it's on your lap and it's not by mistake, you know? And it's, it's, it's I sometimes feel as well that it's weird. People look at you and, and, the, and the, it's just a short period of time that I've had the restaurant. It's been open nine months. Um, and people look at you and, and, and they, they assume that you're balling, that you're super successful. Like I'm looking to buy a house, but I'm not going to give them the asking price because I can't afford it, you know? And, and people see you driving the car and the, what you wear the watch and you've got your, my restaurant with my name above the door and they're like, this guy's balling and I probably get paid less than my apprentice mm. when all said and done, you know? Um, and I sometimes think when I've got the nice watch and I've got the nice car and I can eat at the nice restaurants, I'm like, there's still a little bit of doubt creeps into me and goes, are you sure you deserve this? Why have you got this? Why hasn't he got this? You know? And, and, and I have to, I have to acknowledge that voice. I'm like, cool. Easy. How are you doing? Not seeing you for a while. Yeah. And they'd be like, right. Okay. Off you fuck now because <laughs> I've, I've acknowledged that you're here. I don't need you to be here for a long time. And I think that's very important to, to stay present with your mental health. So, so if you, if you, if you could distill um, exactly what it is that, that, that really helped you, what would it be? I mean, what, what are the sort of, if you could say like, you know, therapy or this or the other, I mean, you know, give us a little sort of um, tick list of what, of what really helped you. Um, I don't know. Kicking kick the booze. That helped a lot because it gives you clarity. And then, like what Tommy said, just working on myself. I started to do a lot of reading, a lot of personal development, um, and, and 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 looking at things from a different perspective. I want that nice car, but you've got a fucking car. You've got a great car that gets you to work. You don't need that super flag. Do you know what I mean? And and, and checking myself, and 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 self talk, positive self talk. I know that sounds really daft. And I felt stupid the first time I did it. And I did it, honestly, it, and it's so strange because it coincided to when the restaurant idea came up. I'd be brushing my teeth and I'd be like, today, you're going to have a great day. And I was like, shut up. Affirmations. Yeah. Affirmations. It's so un-English though, isn't it? It's so un-British. But don't knock it. But when you do it and you stood there, when you first start doing it, you're like, well, there's nobody here apart from all three of us, me, myself and I. And the one in the corner is going, mate, what are you doing? Talking to yourself in the mirror. And the other one's going, let him do it, man. <laughs> Just come on if it makes him feel better. And then the one in the middle is like, shut up. You today, you're gonna have a good day. And I started doing it. I did that when I was in, when I was doing the sales. And I was like, today you're gonna you're gonna smash this. You're gonna speak to this catering dealer and you're gonna smash the back doors off this meeting. And it worked. And when you the first, whether it works, whether it's coincidence, who cares? It worked. Mm. And then the next time I had that meeting, I'd be like, remember the mindset that you went into that meeting with? smash this and so on and so forth and then your confidence grows and you do the affirmations you don't feel stupid 
you put tunes on, like you say, I listen to Gary V a lot because I think he's just class. Yeah. Gary Gary B. Gary Vaynerchuk. So he, uh, he does a lot of. Um... Yeah. Okay. Let's just rewind a bit because I because I've tried a little bit of this affirmation thing. People listening to this might not know exactly what what it is. Affirmations. Can you can you both sort of fill us in on what the process is and and yes, give us some names and and that sort of thing. Well, it's yeah. Bringing positivity to your own to your own self talk. A lot of people. Um, they call it self harm by telling themselves that they're shit. They can't do it. We we as we as a science society breed that into our children. You can't yeah. do that. I can't do that. I'm never gonna be able to do that. I can't. I can't do that. I'm not gonna own a BMW. I'm never gonna own my own restaurant. I'm not gonna have my own successful podcast. We 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 tell ourselves that instead of going, I am gonna own that car, and I am gonna. I am. But you start off small. I'm gonna have a good day today. I'm gonna. You know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna say. Hey to Julie, and I'm going to ask her out on a date, and she's going to say yeah, and she might not say yeah, but you you are you are mentally training yourself to to change the way you you think. A full mindset change, you know, it really is, and it, and like Matt said, it's something that can start off really small with a good day. To um, you know, <clears throat> mine started off with, you know, I'm just going to get through today like you, yeah, and then it turned into something like. I'm going to have amazing time with my family. We're going to do this or we're going to do this with my family or I'm going to do something creative. Do you say it out loud? Or, you say, you yeah. say it out loud. Out loud so, yeah. Because, yeah. so, you know, and again, you know, going back to the t toxic masculinity. There it is. First time. I've been waiting go. for that to come up. Oh, mate, I was not going <laughs> to let you down, mate. I was not going to let you down. You know, you sit there and sort of like boost yourself like, what do, as blokes, you know, we're like, you bloody fairy. And, you know, knock it, but. To sit there and praise yourself and actually say it out loud, it feels really weird. It does feel weird. I'm it's not it's lie. very alien for 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 a long. It's some, even sometimes now I feel a bit stupid yeah. doing it. It's, yeah, it's difficult for me because I've got a tenant in my um, <laughs> flat. I'm gonna scare the shit out of her. In the shower is a good place to do it. Oh, okay. In the shower is a good. Oh, place do to or, or in the morning if if you're feeling good, just do something that makes you laugh. Or put mm. something funny on. Put a little YouTube video on the clip. So you're starting the day. Yeah. When you're going out of your door, you're in a good mood. Yeah. Mm. It's something as simple as that can yeah. can can set your day off right. And yeah. then again, perspective. So if you have um, a, a a shit day, or somebody cuts you up while you're driving, do you know what I mean? And you and you miss that. So I think it's Tony Robbins. Is got a book um, talks about perspective. The red lights. The red. Yeah, 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 totally. So what's this? So is the book is the book. So what's the book? Because people need to. Yeah. People need to look these things up. So you mentioned these names and that you know, but so okay. So um, I I it's actually one of on YouTube. If you Google uh Tony Robbins, it's one of his videos that he did. He talks about. It. I think it's in one of his books as well, which is Unleash the Beast Within. Yeah, that's right. Um, but actually, you can look it up on YouTube as well, and he talks about mindset about you know like when you get caught in a red light. Then you get caught in another one, and you and you know, and and you sort of spiral into that. Oh, for fuck's sake! I've had a shit day. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to looking around and going, "There's a field over there. I never. I'm going to walk my dogs there. I never knew that was there. Yeah. Or there's a woods there, or whatever. Yeah. It's just co completely flip the mindset. Yeah, yeah. And it does help. It, it does, really help. does help. But there's loads of just you know, Tim. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tim Ferriss. Yeah, uh, Zig Ziglar on uh, Jim Rohn. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Joe Rogan has a lot of people on, on his podcasts when he talks yeah. about motivational speakers. You know they're all readily available on YouTube and whatnot. Brilliant. 
That sounds good. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start talking to myself out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Honestly, it's worth it. It does feel funny, but it's worth it. It's really good. Yeah. And um, I mean, look, if all of the top CEO for whatever 100 people are sort of saying the same thing, there must be some, you know, foundation to it, right? That Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Is you, you could carry on going. I could have carried on the going the way that was going in a dead end job, not enjoying myself, drinking myself into a stupor till my liver finally went, nah, I'm out of here. Or you, you start doing these silly little things, these tiny, tiny, tiny minute changes daily. And it, 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 it's the ramifications of that are wonderful. They really are. You, you, you know, when people say you really can be whatever you want to, you know, when you watch these American um, person, uh, motivational speakers and stuff, you're like, it's so American. Like talking to yourself is so American. It's not very British to stand up there and go, you're going to have a bloody good day, Alan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. But it, the, the small changes, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd own my own restaurant. Honestly, I didn't. Well, it's not a coincidence there's a lot of successful Americans out there, is there really? Because that, Amer that American mindset, maybe from an English perspective, looks quite sort of arrogant, you know, but yeah. at the same time, you know, um, if you can if you can do those affirmations and still be generous and kind to other people, then that's got to be a win-win, isn't it? You know, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that sort of sort of brings us near near to a close. Unless unless there's any other any other business, this is the this is the the AOB, any, AOB part of the thing, right? And, there is, I'm sure there is. So, listen, Matt. Um, obviously, you've got your restaurant. What else is going on for you up in Leeds at the moment? I've got a vegan cafe as well called oh, Gron. Gron. Okay. And what's the name of your restaurant? Your main restaurant? Where are you ready? It's called yep. Matt Healy at the Foundry. We paid a lot of people a lot of money to come up with that name. Nice. <laughs> and it was staring us right in the face, in the mirror. Okay. <laughs> the restaurant, Matt. In fact, funny story. It's not funny. I was going to call it The Six. We were going to have a six-course taster menu on forever. And I was skiing. <laughs> First world problems. I was always skiing with my friends. You've changed. I had to beg, steal, and borrow You've to get that money. You've changed, mate. <laughs> and Aidy, our mutual friend, was like, people don't know what that is. Why don't you just call it Matt Healy? I was like, shut up. And again, the affirmations. I was like... Why don't you call it Matt Healy? No, why do you call him? Why don't you? So we did. Oh, and why is it? Why is it called Gron? though, the other one. Gron is uh, Swedish for green. Oh. We have a live moss wall, and um, we have a. Um, <laughs> He's such a hipster. We what have. A, I knew him before he had that hipster beard. By the way, I knew pre, him, pre beard. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Before he was a bearded, tattooed chef. Just have you got if a I shave my beard off now, I look like a giant child. Have you got a man bun on? No. I'm, <laughs> Bit, bit slim on top now, actually. My forehead's turned into a five head like yours. Oh my God, I've got a nine head. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right. Good luck with the restaurant. <laughs> so, two, so, 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 the two restaurants in Leeds, and people can go there and enjoy the fruits of your 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 knowledge. And, um, and um, we suggest you do go there because. Uh, well, you've you've yeah. you've had you've, oh you've been yeah I forgot you came I did it took me a while to get there but I've been and it was really really nice really nice it's so nice in fact that I believe Michelin Michelin have yeah. just been in there Michelin came in gave us and an they've just given you a little uh, little thumbs up having the little nods to your um, little nods yeah relay and your smoked eel smoked eel jelly eel son you threw yeah. a cop me <laughs> oh for goodness sake. And do you know what the, the the other thing briefly we haven't we haven't touched upon is, is how food and the mind are so um, 
at one really you know because you have a good meal a good meal inside you mentally that sorts you out doesn't it i mean we we were we were doing this podcast a bit earlier and we hadn't eaten we were both getting quite, yeah. quite sort of twitchy and then we went and got some takeaway and we felt great didn't Indeed. we yeah so food in the mind you know um very important yeah yeah but everything in moderation because if you come to the foundry restaurant that we've got everything's cooked in goose fat and salt not everything. Right. <laughs> so I had, had a vegan dish at your then, place. I cooked in that goose was, fat. Yeah, that was chicken stock, not veg stock. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, and then if you go to Grand, the 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 vegan cafe, we we've gone on the Scandinavian clean vibe. So we do like cleanser juices. Um, we do um, gluten free, dairy free pancakes, which sound boring, but they're not. We make this beautiful fruit compote that goes with them. So that's super clean cleansing and we're right by the park round day park in in north leeds so we get a lot of the joggers coming in after for a for a quick coffee mm. soya milk and latte. and 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 the mossy the mossy wall the moss walls there that's just <laughs> again that's that's the we've got a, in both of our sites we've got a neon light so in gron it's keep it clean it's pink neon on a moss wall right real, real moss real, yeah, yeah it's real moss it's alive right. yeah right and in the foundry we've got food to swear by because you've probably gathered that i've got a bit of a potty mouth Yes, terrible putting yeah. up, isn't it? Well, luckily we don't have to sort of delete these out because I'll be there all night, wouldn't I? Putting, <laughs> oh my putting goodness, beeps yeah, yeah. on food, Paulie. Yeah. More right now. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, look, mate. I've, I've, I've re- obviously I've enjoyed it. You're one of my best mates, and um, again, just thank you for coming down. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for actually being inspirational as well, because I feel very inspired by your journey to want to do well and to push things like this podcast and, you know, my personal life to make that better. And yeah, just keep it up, keep up the good work, and um, yeah, more awards. Thanks for having me. It's been... Michelin star next, please. I hope so. But it's it's been great, and I really really love what you guys are doing, um, for for mental health awareness. It's very very commendable and. You have some fantastic guests, and just hearing you two chew the fat about it is so interesting. Stick it on in the car and have a listen in the kitchen. It's it's brilliant. So so thank you to you two as well. I'm very grateful for what you're doing. It's brilliant. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. Really yeah. welcome. Yeah. Really welcome. Okay, I'm gonna the fingers going down for the stop button. Okay. <laughs>